0: Clear insights and fresh perspectives on global events.
2: Tune in for a balanced view
1: of the other side of the news.
2: Welcome to the other side of the news. This is Kinthea, soon to be joined by my co-host, Annette Driscoll, and our guest, Timothy Saunders, who is an integral part of this show, regrets he cannot join us tonight. He finds himself facing a deadline for all three yacht clients due tomorrow, all on the same day. That was work that piled up during his travels. Here on the west coast of California, weather continues to be unpredictable. One moment sunny, the next hail. Texas, Greece and the desert of the Saharas, covered in snow, reflecting the massive shifts of energy and planetary rhythms. I can't help but wonder how the immense movements of energies around the planet are affecting life on this globe. We ride this wild planet like a surfer does the waves. Some of us, not even aware of the high velocity of our solar system's travel through the heavens. All the while, all the planets in our solar system dancing in concert with some unseen cosmic music, a new wave causing great disruption of previous cycles. And then we add the humans to the equation, the polarization of thought, the COVID pandemic, the COVID pandemic, pro-vaccine, anti-vaccine, family members divided, each fearing the demise of the other through poor choices, and an urgency in attempting to educate and convince the other of the correct path to well being. Daily, I'm finding myself in my personal practice to be free of fear, to be non judgmental, is a challenge. It's a real challenge as I seek a path to love and compassion. I look out at our amazing planet the intricacy and balance of life, all interconnected. The well-being of all, dependent on the balance of interrelationships. We witness when one aspect is out of balance. It impacts the entire system. The health of the ecosystems impacts our health, and they are inextricably interdependent. The wonder of nature's design is its propensity for self-healing and self-correction. Our bodies are designed to be self-healing. And yes, I'm using that word, designed, purposefully. Our cells balancing trillions of chemical reactions every second. Somewhere in our distant past, humanity broke out of Darwin's model of evolution, making unexpected leaps in advancement. Once we lived in Eden, our communities in balance with nature. Today we find ourselves living in concrete jungles congested with a wireless radiation of electromagnetic frequencies that are not compatible with radiant health. Tonight our guest is doctor Beverly Rubick, a pioneer biophysicist known for her solid research, documenting with clarity and assessment of the wireless radiation and also offering solutions. I had the pleasure of going with Dr. Beverly to a rare showing of a documentary on Wilhelm Reich in another city. This gave us time to get to know each other. I was was impressed by her steadfast dedication against all odds in her profession to pursue the truth, and have the courage to speak out in the academic world that is dominated by self-serving interests of big business that funds most research and developments. Her views are not popular with them, and it takes a single-mindedness to proceed down this controversial path. I'd also like to give a shout out to our many supporters and a growing family of friends those in particular who have supported me by sending me links to share, John Francis, Robert Morningstar, Jill Benzer, Leslie Legere, Joseph Gill, Robert Stanley, Andrew Curry, Shanti Baker, Dulcie Wright, Thomas, and the mysterious Mr. Black, and so many more. Well, the list goes on and on, and I thank you all. Our show tonight... This March 12th of 2021 is called Back to Eden, and our amazing guest is Dr. Beverly Rubick. Before we bring her on, I'd like to hand the mic over to Anetta for an overview of local and global events. Annetta?
3: Hello. Good evening, Cynthia. Good evening. Good evening to all of our audience also. So... Well, I say this every week, and it seems like it, time is speeding up every week, because there's just more and more and more events happening. It's it's crazy. So, as I was preparing for tonight, I found myself pretty overwhelmed with the amount of topics, and how, how far in depth does one go with each topic. And so, I have decided to just kind of give an overview with a little bit more depth in one area, uh, but if someone is interested in a particular area, because I'm really studying many of them, let us know, and we can look in that direction, just um, as a, as a uh, interest for you. So I wanted to go over a little bit, I, I mean, I think we talked about this, that the, the jab, I, I, you know, I'm not going to call it a vaccine because in no way does it meet the definition of what a vaccine is scientifically. So the jab, the injection, it's a its a gene modification synthetic drug. It's experimental. And uh, so one of the things that's, that's come up that's really interesting is that because it's experimental and it's a choice to take it, it cannot be mandated because it's experimental. That would go against the uh, Nuremberg Code. Uh, one of the things that they're doing is they are the people that are taking the vaccine are no longer eligible if they have life insurance. Interesting. Uh, that's, and, and I did document that. And I also had two people call, I don't have a life insurance policy, but I did have two people call and that was verified. So that's pretty interesting about that whole thing. So I wanted to, I found this, this study, uh, it was by two people in Israel. I don't know how aware people are of what's going on in Israel. It's, it's, draconian uh, they are basically forcing injections of this experimental drug on people they have about 50 percent of the country vaccinated and they are issuing vaccine passports and if you do not have one you basically cannot go anywhere cannot go to the store cannot do anything so it's definitely they can't mandate it but they can coerce to the point of of this so i wanted to go over the data because it's such a um, definite population and we know that we have a 50% uh, vaccine rate so far of, of the people so this study and it was done by Dr. Haim Yaikiv and Herb Segelman and it's in Russian it's in French, it's in Hebrew and I I will put the link up I did not get my links to Kandia in time, that's entirely my fault but I will get that up there so that you can look at this later anyway In the study, they say, we conclude that the Pfizer vaccine for the elderly, and that's 65 and older, killed during the five-week period is about 40 times more than the disease itself would have killed. That's really significant. That's 40 times greater than the disease itself. But it gets even better. It says, and about 260 times more than people with the disease among younger people. So in other words, if you're under 65, it's about 260 times more uh, deadly than the actual disease. They've tried to discredit this report. It's based on data from the Israeli Minister of Health. And the New England uh, Journal of Medicine, there was a counter study put up there with seven people that were was funded by Pfizer. And if they're only using Pfizer vaccines in in Israel. So in the New England Journal of Medicine, it focuses on uh, the illness two weeks after the second shot as adverse effects. It does not count anything that happens before two weeks. So most of these people that are dying are dying before two weeks, which would be a convenient way not to look at this. It's pretty, pretty awful what they're doing there. Anyway, the scientists go on to say this will only be a temporary, in, as in a few months we expect to face Mid and long term adverse effects of the vaccine, as an ADE (antibody dependent enhancement) and the vaccine resistant mutants selected by the vaccines. So the the ADE just for um, so you understand what that is is robust antibody response. So it's when you're when you get exposed to the wild virus, they experience antibody storms causing severe inflammation. It's also known as cytokine storms. And this is the reason that all animal studies that have ever used mRNA have all been canceled because the subjects all die of the cytokine storms. And I've been talking about this since before they actually started uh, jabbing people when we found out they were uh, mRNA and this hasn't gotten any better. So that's that's actual straight up data on that. I also have uh, an approach a report from the uh, UK um, and their their uh, government agencies. And I won't read you all of the list because it's, it's really, really long, uh, but this is just for one week of people that have received the vaccine. So there were, in their adverse uh, reporting, there were uh, blood disorders of 2,033 people, cardiac disorders, 1,032 and uh, it goes on and on. Eye disorders, 1,242. 12 people became blind. Uh, Gastrointestinal orders, 9,360. General disorders, 26,391. This is for one week. Um, It goes on. Muscle tissue disorders, uh, 11,565. Nervous system disorders, and that can that's also including seizures, and some of these people are in constant state of seizure afterwards. It's 16,107. Uh, psychiatric disorders, that's interesting, 1,235. It goes on quite a bit. Again, I'll include that link in there so you can do the research for yourself. It links directly to the um, UK websites, which is the NHI, I believe is what it is, it's the UK government publication's Coronavirus Adverse Reactions site. So that's that. So I also had, uh, like I said, there's, there's so much to, to report on here, that um, there's the adverse effects from the masks as we've talked about. A new study came out about the, not just that there's materials in the, especially the surgical masks that are actually carcinogenic, But now they're saying that there's nanofibers, and they're the same, uh, they're very similar in shape and size as asbestos fibers. And they're seeing those getting lodged and inflammation, and then that causes that particular type of cancer is what they're fearing. And speaking of cancer, they're now admitting that the, the mRNA rewrites the proteins for the cancer suppression in the body, and in fact, we just had a friend call and say that there was a little tiny article on the back of the New York Times that admitted this. So it is starting to come out uh, all in all different ways. Um, eight European countries have suspended any more vaccines of the AstraZeneca type because of the amount of blood clots, heart attacks and strokes that they've caused. Um, speaking of that, the the pericardium and the cardiomyelitis and other words known as heart attacks and strokes, basically, those were not included in the death rates of the Israeli study. But if you did include them, it about doubles the chances of you having a heart attack. If you have a vaccine, you have about twice the chance of having a heart attack or a stroke as if you did not have a vaccine by the data. There's so many things to talk about. Uh, There was a 39-year-old woman, just to pick one uh, example out, She was in uh, Utah, 39 years old, totally healthy. She got the vaccine. She didn't feel well after the first one. She got the second one. And I believe what we're seeing here is a cytokine storm because uh, she became very seriously unhealthy within about two days of the second shot. She was hospitalized and two days later she was dead of kidney, liver, and heart failure all at the same time. that was a totally healthy person. So they say, oh, we don't know for sure if it was caused by the vaccine. Uh, And what's really wild about that story is her father, who is heartbroken about it, went ahead and got the vaccine anyway. So you just have to wonder. So I also found a little thing by David E. Martin, who said you cannot patent something that is naturally occurring. Therefore, the only legal patented viruses are manufactured. If it is manufactured, then it becomes a violation of biological and chemical weapons treaties. So we can think about that a little bit. And then there was this little gem I found, and I wanted to get a sound clip, but I waited too long. (laughs) Uh, So maybe we can get that on there. It's very short. It's only seven seconds. And it's the New Zealand prime minister saying, um, she's talking about uh, patients, and she says, we drum that messaging around the dangers of covid in pretty diligently for a full two week period of sustained propaganda kind of says it all. So that's going on. Uh, more, more stuff's coming out about the PCR tests. they now we are seeing the numbers drop persistent. Ooh, boy, I can't say that word. We're seeing the numbers drop on those PCR tests because they've changed the number of cycles. We've been talking about that on this show, boy, for eight, nine months. Uh, so that's pretty, that's pretty clear. So on other things besides all of this, um, oh, and one other thing about those PCR tests, you know, you don't need to include the missing virus that's not in the vaccine to get a false to get a positive after these vaccines, because all they're doing is they're looking for RNA fragments that the body throws off in an attempt to detox. Now, if you get all these toxins in from the the vaccine, and then you take a pcr test you're going to most likely get a positive result i think that's why we're seeing so many so some people have asked me that question and uh that one's the one that seems to make a lot of sense from the research i'm doing so let's see in general news uh let's see we have texas texas uh is, is really interesting this week. They, they opened up fully as did many states in the United States and a hundred percent open, no mask, and they have some opposition to it. And Ken Paxton the attorney general there has said, um, they're going after those people because, well, it's not okay just to, uh, have, you know, to, to say to people, you can't come in the store because of that. That's discriminatory in, um, I haven't looked it up in, in Texas, but in California, I know it's civil code 51. So there we go on that one. Uh, Texas is also uh, going after big tech for censorship and big tech saying, well, we can fall under this uh, particular code, which I can't remember right now, which is actually the same one that newspapers use. Well, you have to make a choice. Uh, which one are you going to be? Are you going to have censorship because you're a newspaper or are you going to be social media and have immunity to that? Um uh, they have really boxing themselves into a corner there. So that's, that's a pretty interesting thing to follow. And the other big thing in Texas, Arizona, New Mexico, and California is this issue of uh, southern border crossings. So according to the authorities down there, we've had, just in the month of February, um, uh, 101, 000, sorry, 500 in the month of February across the border. Um, and, you know, we've had this huge problem in immigration. I talked last week about the child trafficking and, you know, not only are they, they say we're still in all kinds of lockdown and having all kinds of restrictions in a lot of states, but now they're letting all these people come in. They say they're testing positive and they're still letting them go. The other thing is, is with all these children, which I don't believe are coming in for any reason, but child trafficking, as far as the uh, unaccompanied minors that there are supposed to be 13,000 of. Uh, in the meantime, we don't have our own children back in school. So 60% of the students in the United States aren't back in school. And it's too dangerous for them, but it's okay to let everyone else in. This is this is clearly not a consistent uh, policy. So a lot of people are upset, I'm one of them, about that. Um, then there's the Patriot uh, harassment. And this one's particularly, um, poignant to me. There are people that have had a huge amount of harassment for speaking the truth and really intimidating stuff. I, I I experienced this about 20 years ago for writing some stuff about the central banking system. And, uh, I'm seeing quite a few articles on that. So that's something we really need to track. Um, there's a quote by, well, it's kind of a quote, you know, it's not a real quote, but, uh, Plato says, our failure and our punishment for not being involved in the political process is that we will be governed by our inferiors. And uh, that's for sure what's happening right now. So we're having a lot of, you know, a lot of no matter what side of the political fence you're on, no one's really happy right now. Then again, there's Antifa having peaceful protests, setting courthouses, federal courthouses on fire in Portland with people in the building. So, but they aren't being prosecuted, so there's a lot of um you know things that aren't making a lot of sense right now so uh that's kind of that part as far as the rest of the world goes, we have more uh, governments falling, more military stepping in, more voter fraud showing up, and uh then there's Israel, and Israels pretty interesting uh, on Tuesday, all of their flights went dark, in other words, they stopped um squawking was what they call it their their calls their call letters and they they went dark and the whole military went dark i think it was about four o'clock um eastern time i might be wrong on that Uh, on tuesday afternoon um and that's pretty serious because there's been threats of uh, bombing in um uh, in uh, Iran, and then the retaliatory moves that are threatened, and then there's also the threat that they're going to do some things in Syria, and Russian has threatened the other side so it's a very it 's a very uh eh, tense situation going on over there, and there's other stuff going on, but i've babbled on long enough, and we do need to get to our guests and uh but I do want to say a few things about um some fun things here. I can't be all all doom and gloom, right? Um, So one of the things I, oh, and another thing I wanted to say, this is really interesting about the Israeli situation with the vaccines. One thing is, is that they've got a really interesting study here because it turns out that the Orthodox Jews are lining up and getting the vaccine left and right. And the um, Arab people in the country, are not. And so they actually have a pretty clear-cut demographic relationship between this. and uh, it's in I have a little, a little article here, a study uh, says uh, Israel, Israel managed to double the number of deaths that accumulated in prior 10 months of the pandemic within two months of intensive inoculation with the Pfizer vaccine. And why did Israel's COVID-19 cases spike sharply during the first month of the mass vaccine uh, campaign? After just two months of mass vaccinations, there are 76% of new COVID cases under 39, 5% 5 over 60, and 40% critical patients are under 60. And my answer to that is back to the idea that the cytokine storm, when an, when an immune system is healthier and more active, it will produce more of the inflammation response and more of the cytokines. So this is going to hit younger people with healthier immune systems uh, quite hard. So um, also, I didn't get into all of the other stuff about the heart attacks and how it's related to the mouth, gum, throat disease that we're seeing lots of. Um Lots of articles, lots of information now on, unfortunately, miscarriages and stillborns. And, um, and that's one of the things we're talking about, uh, pregnant women going into the emergency room. And, um, they've, they've, those cases have soared by a whopping 1,300%. So it's, this is very serious stuff. So, um, This other thing that I wanted to, I I found this one, and I do love it. It was, let's see, it was, uh, I'm trying to see, the Babylon Bee. This is where I got it from. And I'm just going to read you a little bit out of this. It says, experts have issued a dire warning to the nation of lifting mask mandates. Business closures and capacity limits in Texas and Mississippi could contribute to the spread of liberty across the nation. As states like Texas begin to lift their mandates, we could, we could be seeing a deadly outbreak of freedom, liberty, and personal responsibility all across the nation," says Dr. Andy Patton of MIT. We're really not encouraged by the numbers here. I'm worried other states will see this and people will start thinking they're supposed to take responsibilities for their own health and their own decisions, and that's just not what America is about. In a sweeping consensus, studies. All agreed that one state finally ending its unconstitutional mandates could lead to other states doing the same. Consequences could be severe, ranging from people doing what they want to just living their lives, and to a populace uh, attaining herd immunity and making government action on the pandemic irrelevant. So, with that, I'm going to hand it back over to Thea and I think she's going to introduce our lovely guest.
2: Well, thank you, Anetta. That was. Uh... Wow, sweeping, sweeping. I just like, take a breath, everyone. The world is in change. The world is absolutely in change. We're almost at break, so what I'm going to do now is let everyone know who our guest is, and we'll take it up with her after the break, because we're very close to it. So Dr. Beverly Rubick has had a lifelong interest in frontier areas of science and medicine that go beyond the mainstream, and she is internationally renowned for her pioneering research, especially on the human energy field and energy medicine. She earned her Ph.D. in biophysics at the University of California at Berkeley and has published over 90 scientific papers and two books. In 1996, Dr. Rubick founded the Institute for Frontier Science, IFS, a 501c3 nonprofit research laboratory now in Emeryville, California, which was initially funded by Lawrence Rockefeller Sr. and later supported by NIH and others. Dr. Rubick teaches doctoral students at the College of Integrative Medicine and Health Sciences at Saybrook University in Pasadena, California. Presently, she is conducting research on the adverse health effects of wireless radiation on health, among other topics. You can find more about her work on brubik.com, that's B-R-U-B-I-K.com, and frontiersciences.org frontiersciences.org and of course i have all this information on the page beverly is a prolific author and i i really enjoyed my time with her she was amazing she is amazing and i'm so glad that she's going to be joining us she practices what she preaches she is dedicated she is courageous And you're going to hear all of the good points. You're going to also get information of what you can do to take care of your health and how we can be more proactive to bring about, to bring back Eden. Let's bring back Eden, our relationship with nature. So after the break, we'll be joined by Dr. Beverly Rubick.
1: Hi, this is Dr. Andrew Kaufman, natural healing consultant. Welcome to the other side of the news where they're open to hearing the truth and take it seriously. The first thing you got to look at is the methods, like nothing else matters because that's where they describe the experiment. So then you can decide if what you can conclude from the experiment, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And that, that's really, really important because... You know, they make false claims and people don't understand how to use statistics and all these things could be misleading. What I notice that they do now is they put the methods section at the very end and in some papers it's in a separate document that's like an addendum. So in other words, they just present the, the results and conclusions and an introduction section and nobody looks at the methods. But that's the most important thing, because if you don't know that, you don't actually know what they did. Because, you know, there's a lot of art to experimental design. And, uh, you know, some people can be very clever about it. Some can be very elegant about it. But there's also, like, uh, many ways that things could be fudged. And there's books on this, right? Like one of Bill Gates' favorite books, How to Lie with Statistics. Then you know, you have the John Ioannidis article, which is one of the most highly cited papers where he says more than half of all published research is false. Right. So Mm. but but how many scientists, when they go to read a paper, say there's a 50 percent chance that this article is false. So I better read it really carefully. Right. They don't do that. But all this clinical research, it's really just it's really marketing. That's what it is. It's not actual research. With the vaccine trials, you know, it's just they basically designed it exactly perfectly to show what they could say. You know, that bogus 95% effectiveness, uh, that's the the relative risk reduction of having a test. And it's not even the overall risk reduction would be like 0.4% but they describe it that way. It's a statistical trick where they could say 95%. And they also define the outcome. And then they had to wait seven days after the vaccine. But all the people who got sick within that seven days didn't count. You know, all hmm. kinds of uh, tricks. They're, they're, they're experts <laughs> at this. They know, yeah. they know what they're doing. And, and it's really hard to even figure out what they're doing.
2: And welcome back to The Other Side of the News. Our guest tonight is Dr. Beverly Rubitt. The show is called Back to Eden. My co-host is Annette Driscoll, and this is Kinthea. Welcome, Beverly. Are you here?
4: Yes. Thank you, Kinthea. I'm delighted to be here.
2: <laughs> I'm reminiscing on our great trip down to Santa Cruz for that special documentary of Wilhelm Reich. yes wasn't he a pivotal turning point for your work?
4: Well, I got interested in Wilhelm Reich when I was a teenager.
2: Oh, my First goodness. First of all,
4: his books were mostly still banned in those years. You know, he ended in a federal penitentiary. Uh, his books burned, and he died in prison, sadly. Oh. Um, he explored so many frontier topics from weather control to a life force to... Um, sexuality, experiments on human sexuality. And, you know, this was back in the 1950s and before. So it was very much um, uh, an uptight society who didn't want to hear about these things.
2: What a courageous soul. We, We need them now, and you're one of them. I count you in that league of courageous souls that's willing to speak the truth.
4: Well, thank you, yes.
2: So um, you have been zeroing in on the effects of the wireless technology, which the mass, you know, the population has embraced like its bosom buddy best friend, taking it to bed with them at night, next to them at night, listening to stuff. And you have a whole different take on things. And I'm Uh, inviting you to share with us where you would like to dip into this pool of knowledge and research and experience.
4: Well, let me start by saying we've known for some 50 years, even longer, that there were adverse health effects from radio frequencies. Um, Our military and our CIA followed the research in the former Soviet Union during the Cold War, and translated a lot of Russian papers. Now, I only found out about these papers in relatively recent years because a lot of them were classified for some 30 or 40 years and only recently declassified. And so now we can realize that the Russians explored this back in the 60s, and our military and intelligence agencies were following it. I remember when I had a trip to the Soviet Union in the 80s, And when I came back, and I went on my own, this had nothing to do with the government, but after I got back, I had to make a trip to Washington to be debriefed about (laughs) anything that I might have learned about electromagnetic weapons. But, of course, I went to Russia uh, for quite other topics on energy healing. Uh, In any case, I know our government has been quite nervous about the Russian work in this. And the Russians labeled it radio sickness, when people got exposed to radio waves uh, and had too much, uh, they couldn't think straight, uh, they had pain, uh, they were useless. And I've even heard this from some of the linemen who work uh, in, in uh, cell phone towers. If they get exposed too much, they're sick and they're useless for a few days. I first realized this was a problem in our society after smart meters were installed. It was probably about 11 years ago in California, and suddenly I had a slew of clients who didn't know what to do and couldn't believe how sick they felt from brain fog to pain syndromes to insomnia and sleep problems. They had a slew of symptoms, and now we call it electrosensitivity, or sometimes electro-hypersensitivity. So I knew from the literature that I'd read over the years, and then I saw it in person uh, about 11 years ago with the introduction of smart meters, which, of course, are blasting uh, bursts of radio waves um, near our homes. It depends where they are relative to your home, but often it's just on the other side of the wall, and it
2: penetrates through walls and uh, can make you quite ill. So so I I just want to interject here for a moment and backstep for a moment. So you're saying our military knew about it and yet that information has not been released. Do you do you see it as them working together with big business to
4: Well, uh, the information from the old Soviet Union days has been released at least Some of it, uh, who knows? I don't know what hasn't been released. I can only read that, that, which is in the open literature. Mm -hmm. But I've seen some of those papers on a military website uh, that is accessible to the public. And, you know, it said declassified uh, 2012, and yet the paper goes back to 1970. So you can see for some 35 years, uh, the Americans weren't privy to what was already known by the military and intelligence agencies. And who knows what they have today that we don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's always a level of science that's beyond academic science when it comes to, um, I would say, intelligence operations and our military.
2: So in Russia, they they talked about this sickness. Uh, did, what's their relationship with technology? Have they gone down the same path as us?
4: Yes, they have uh, technology, but what's interesting is that their infrastructure for wireless technology and their cell phones emit, I believe it's 100 times less than ours. Hmm. Ours uh, are among the highest in the world. Most countries, and especially Eastern Europe, because they're closer to Russia and followed the Russian guidelines, um, have much lower exposure guidelines than in the United States and Canada. Um, because they found what we call in the science non-thermal effects. In other words, let me say the American literature is, if your cell phone isn't heating up your brain or your heart, there's no problem. That's how we regard it. It's all about, is your tissue cooking because of Mm. your cell phone, which has microwaves, just like when we put food in a microwave oven and press the button, it heats up water and the food cooks. So the idea in the United States is, if our tissue is not heating up, then there's no no effect from these things. Whereas in Russia, they found a lot of subthermal effects, a lot of effects that were adverse uh, to the health of people, of animals, um, even plants, when tissue was not being heated. Uh, and they, were, they pioneered that, and we still have not accepted that in the United States in our science, in official science.
2: Well, do you know if their technology, being that it's at a lower frequency, is working as well as ours? I mean, well, it's not a lower
4: frequency, well, I mean, it's you a know lower what I mean. power density, less power. Um, mm-hmm. And yes, it's working well. And in fact, um, I remember we went to Austria with our cell phones, with our American cell phones. And, as we crossed the border, uh, my cell phone suddenly uh, um relayed a message that I was entering Austria and that I could uh, access my um information by plugging in et cetera. so even my American cell phone worked fine in Austria, where I believe the guideline is one thousand times less than the United States in terms of oh my of gosh, so it's exposure. criminal
2: that they're so boosting it like they are here if it's not necessary, even for technology. We're
4: orders of magnitude above what the cell phones would work on, many, many orders of magnitude, and we're close to this so-called thermal limit of cooking our own tissue. And another interesting thing about that is the microwave oven uh, works at 2.45 gigahertz. How does that work? Well, you put food in there that has water in it, and you turn it on, and water absorbs 2.45 gigahertz. Now, it turns out that that's an unregulated frequency that the industry doesn't have to pay for. It's free. So they use that for our present 4G wireless routers. And, I mean, does that make a lot of sense? They're using a frequency that water absorbs for our wireless routers, which most people have in their homes, which schools have, which businesses have, wherever there's wireless.
2: Hospitals, too.
4: Yes, hospitals and and that is Scary. something our bodies are strongly absorbing because we're seventy percent water.
2: And is that also what the smart meters are doing?
4: Well, there's many f- different frequencies in wireless, uh, but they're they're putting out bursts, digital pulses. I'm not sure I know the actual working frequencies of smart meters. But here's the other thing: we're analog beings. What does that mean? We, you know, we're used to signals that are um, Relatively constant, like sunlight, you know, of course it varies a little bit throughout the day, but the sun is not pulsing. The sun is a continuous source. So is a tungsten light bulb. But then when you get to LED lamps, which we've been switched over to in recent years, they may be pulsed. Oh. Uh, and you can see evidence of that when you drive at night, and you look at the car in front of you, and sometimes you move your head, and the taillights, you see this, this sequence of red dots coming from the taillight. So that's an indication indication that LED lamps can be pulsed. And they're probably pulsing them because it's all about the future wireless cars, which are going to signal one another with pulsed waves. And uh, so we are analog beings, but we're now increasingly finding ourselves in a digital world of pulsed signals, and nobody can adapt to them. Oh. Let me give you an analogy. If I, if I go to um, the light switch and I were to turn it on and off in some random pattern, nobody would like it. And you'd say, well, look, uh, either turn it on or turn it off. But don't sit there and, and do some random up and down, up and down with the light switch because I frankly can't stand it. <laughs> and that's
2: how most people would react. Not right, and I have a friend gets triggered with migraines because of it.
4: Yes. And so now we're bathing ourselves in digital, invisible frequencies. We can't see them, but our physiology cannot adapt to this digital pulsing of uh, all these wireless signals, and they're all pulsing. They're not continuous, and therefore we cannot adapt to them. And they're stressors. They're constantly stressing our bodies. And the more that you're uh, exposed to this, the... um, the greater the the health problems. In other words, the dosage is cumulative, just like it is with x-rays or, or other types of energy. And yet, nobody knows their dose. Who's running around with a dosimeter to know how much wireless they're getting? No, they're right. not even our, worried about it.
2: Our, our, our sound engineer, Keith, has put in the chat here, fluorescent lights have been doing the same thing since they were created. Hmm. <laughs> Wow. Well,
4: even fluorescent lights are more analog. I mean, they may blink a little bit. There, there is a, a slight wiggle in the intensity, I think, of light from fluorescence. But the real problem is, is pulse, random pulsation of wireless uh, frequencies with 3G, 4G, and now the coming 5G. So we still are operating with 3G, the third generation of wireless. Presently we have mostly 4G smartphones and technology and now we're entering the world of so-called 5G uh, the fifth generation of wireless and this is really um I would say it's going to play a lot more havoc with life all over the world because it's so extensive in terms of somewhere between 40,000 satellites and 100,000 satellites oh. are going to are being launched into the Earth's orbit all over the world to blast the Earth everywhere with 5G frequencies. It's so even out-
2: if you don't get a 5G whatever, you're still immersed in 5G waves. Well, that's the plan. I don't know how far
4: they've gotten. I think I've heard that every week uh, SpaceX, which is Elon Musk's uh, company, and Amazon is involved also in uh, putting up some wireless satellites and there's other companies. But uh some 50 or 60 are going up every week uh, down in Florida. They're being launched and uh, put in position sort of like a grid all over the Earth. And already the astronomers say it's interfering with uh, things that they can, you know, want to see.
5: Mm-hmm. Uh, these
4: things are, you can actually find times where they streak across at night and you can see the lint line of these satellites making the way, very spooky looking and uh, so we're really cluttering up space with this and and we have infrastructure on earth with some millions of new antennas that have not all yet been installed but they're working on it and when the covid lockdown started a year ago in 2020 they were already installing this stuff in schools that were of course uh, vacant and um on the land Uh, right in front of schools and in front of your homes and businesses.
2: Covertly, huh?
4: Yes, well, covertly and overtly. I know so many cities have tried to stop it, mostly unsuccessfully, because we have some federal laws on the books that, unfortunately, disempower local governments to um, talk about health, because they say as long as whatever they're putting up, satisfies the requirements of the Federal Communications Commission, the FCC, then local government has nothing to say about it except the color and form and attractiveness of the antenna.
2: Right. I had a personal experience with that. Here in uh, the city where I live, I went to the city council because we were protesting a tower going up. And, you know, we were told we could not bring up the health issue I mean that everyone. That's what we wanted to bring up, but they instruct us that you cannot bring that up. It's not admissible. It's yes. Like, what are you saying? <laughs> you know? Well,
4: it's not in their jurisdiction because the federal government um, is one big crockin, as Sidney Powell puts it. <laughs> that. Uh, uh, it has taken over the powers, largely, of our local governments, disempowering them of looking after the health and welfare of their people. And that's a problem. We need to undo these laws. That was the Wireless Telecom Act of 1996 that Clinton signed into law. But who was thinking about wireless and health in 1996? Right. So they were planning ahead.
2: No, oh, definitely they were. This is where we have to get back to the republic so we can make some changes in those laws.
4: Exactly. We do.
2: Mm.
4: We need change. And we can't move forward. Uh, There's little that uh, cities and local governments can do because of the federal laws on the book and the power of the FCC, which, by the way, is a tiny federal organization composed of six people, none of whom are doctors or scientists. They're all engineers and most of them have come from the industry from big telecom and all they know is you know about the frequencies and the allocations and how they're giving this piece to the military and this piece to civilians and they make money selling this so-called i call it real estate it's really not houses but frequency bandwidths to different organizations they're they're selling it and there's bidders and the big industry like Verizon AT&T and and others uh, put bids on on the pieces of the frequencies that they want to use, and they pay the government money, and that's how it's done. And they tell the government uh, about safety, and yet I remember there was a meeting with Senator led by Senator Blumenthal, and he asked the industry, and it's uh, there's a little video on this online. He said, "Have you done any studies on 5G?" And they said, "No." Uh. Uh, it's amazing. Uh, Nobody's oh done it. Oh, my gosh. He openly admitted it. Yes. And he looked at them quizzically. Well, I mean, did it stop 5G? No. No. The government is still gung-ho on this thing being rolled out before China does. Uh, That's the game. I mean, you know, I lived through the space race. So did you. We lived through um, the missile race, the space race, um and now we've got the 5G race between China, perhaps Russia, and the United States and the West. And, um, you know, whoever puts it up first is going to make the most money. But, of course, they're going to uh, drastically hurt the health of their people and the biosphere.
2: And, of course, they probably can't be sued, can they?
4: Well, uh, they can't be sued for health, um, What's interesting is that there's no insurance that they can get. The insurance companies are are wise, and they they know that there are health issues, but they won't grant them insurance. So so they had to indemnify themselves by uh, operating under the FCC guidelines, which basically they set up. And by the way, they haven't been reviewed, or they go back to 1996. So they're pretty old. They really need to be updated. Because mm-hmm. 5G is very different from 3G and 4G, and yet they're not going to change those guidelines. They've already admitted it um, during the Trump administration. There was uh, a different head of FCC who said, we're keeping the same guidelines, nothing new. So they're not going to change anything. They're going to allow the same exposure, and, um, and then the industry doesn't have uh, any liability due to health issues.
2: Oh goodness! Take a deep breath. <laughs> sounds that, sounds
4: similar breath. to the vaccine industry, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, yeah. Sounds like
4: the 1986 where they indemnified themselves that uh, there are you know you you have a problem with your vaccine a vaccine injury you have to go to court a vaccine court but it's handled by the federal government and you, you can't sue the company.
2: Right so and then the we the taxpayers it. land up paying for the whatever the company has you know injuries yes. they've caused
4: That's right so we have uh, something similar with this big telecom big big pharma I mean big business seems to operate the way it does to uh, protect itself and also forming key relationships with government so that it's really a corporocracy acting as one uh, not in our best interests as the the health of the people
2: no and it, it not only sounds like not in our best interest it sounds deliberate to exterminate a good portion of us
4: yes i do think that there is um If you put it all together and you say, you know, well, here they're spraying the skies. They're giving us genetically modified food to eat. Uh, Agrochemicals are rampant, found in even the healthiest people, uh, in the urine and tissues. And now we've got this COVID, which I think is a bioweapon. Early on, there was some papers that have been retracted that indicated uh, it looked like a a chimera. That is uh, like a hybrid of three other viruses. Uh, um, a coronavirus, the old SARS virus from about 2003, and HIV. Uh, And little pieces of all of that uh, became SARS-CoV-2. Now, the chances of that happening in nature are so small. They're really negligible. This is truly a bioweapon made in a laboratory. So we do have a lot of onslaughts against our, our health and our lives.
2: Well, it's interesting to look who owns the patents to those <laughs> to those bioweapons and who's funding the creation of them, which sadly yeah. is...
4: Well, and the NIH um, was funding some of the research on a precursor to this, uh, although some of this has been scrubbed, I think, from the NIH website. But some months ago I looked into it and... Um, there was a project, some of it was going on at University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, and then during the Obama administration it was said that um, they were starting on gain-of-function research, which means making it more virulent, making it really a bioweapon. Why else would they do it? And they said the work was getting too dangerous, so they put a moratorium on it in the United States. But. Dr. Fauci continued to fund the project. It just went to Wuhan, China, to the Institute of Virology. So that's uh, where they perfected it. And, of course, it was Wuhan, China, that uh, first announced the virus, first, uh, first infections.
2: Hmm. Fauci needs to be accountable. Crimes against humanity. It really is unthinkable that people... Turn to him as though he's some protector. I'm uh, just like in amazement when I hear people think like, "Oh, he's doing a good job." Well, yeah, wear two masks. Let's just suffocate you. You won't have to worry about coronavirus. Just die of lack of oxygen.
4: Well, unfortunately, we have a media that's been hijacked, and uh, they they pump him up and they pump up whoever they want with respect to certain agendas and we don't get the real news it's totally fake news as president trump pointed out and we really need to need to listen to shows like yours and others to really get the news and that's a very sad thing and so then we have uh, a society that's so fragmented because there are those who watch conventional television and conventional media and they hear one story and then other people who are a bit smarter going behind the scenes and really finding out what's going on and these two groups can can no longer have a conversation this is a problem so we have a lot of fragmentation going on uh, because of uh, a hijacked media
2: that was exactly the divide I was referring to in the opening of the show it's like the two sides can't talk to each other I have a dear friend who i sent him a video was four and a half minute video with clips of bill gates his own words him talking and he wrote me back oh that's all russian propaganda don't don't stop stop don't send me that and i'm thinking well there was no other voice there but bill gates own voice you know but that was russian propaganda i mean mm-hmm. You know, you just can't even hear when it's spelled out A B C right in front of them. It's just like in a state of amazement.
4: Well, and uh, the more they divide us, the more they can get away with uh, their agenda because we are not coming together, empowering one another to do anything about it. We're divided, and we lose. Right, divide conquer. divide and conquer. That's, that strategy is as old as Machiavelli and old politics.
2: And that's where we are. Hmm. So where do you find yourself in relation to your research in all of this? And we're almost at the top of the hour break. Um, I know well, that... I, go ahead. Know, I mean, I'm a scientist.
4: Uh, my whole reason for going into science was I want to know the truth about the nature of reality all around us. And so when this thing came out, you know, I had to uh, first I worried about it like everybody else and thought, well, it's really strange and maybe it's natural, but the more I looked into it early on I realized uh this was something pulled on us. It's not natural. It's part of an agenda clearly uh for globalism. And and as it was rolled out worldwide and uh made uh I would say It wasn't so much the disease that is harming us, but the reaction of the disease and the governments who went along with the globalist agenda to shut down their economies and and really um, ruin people's lives, uh, making a big deal out of this virus that is really not quite so bad as everybody thinks.
2: Well, thank you. Uh, we will come back in, after the break. You're listening to the other side of the news. Mm-hmm.
0: so few there in the thousands we are billions we are billions of people so they need technology very advanced technology to be able to control us and that is where AI 5G comes in and then through the vaccine also get rid of two thirds of us so it's like a very 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 dark agenda They want to play out But I tell you, the way I see the future, oh my God, fantastic. Or like my mom said, fan-bloody-tastic. Hi, this is Ole Damagod from LightOnConspiracies.com. You know, over the years, I've done some 500 to 1,000 international interviews. And I just want to say, the other side of the news is one of my favorite shows. So, Enjoy.
6: in the navigator bar or in the left-hand column membership costs $19.95 per month that's 33 tetrahedral cents a day i mean it's the price of a couple of cups of coffee as a club 19.5 member you'll gain access to this show and literally hundreds of previous shows on hundreds of different topics going back to 2015 that we have done Our archive shows have the commercials removed and you'll be able to download the MP3 files directly from the 19-point archives if you prefer. To enhance your listener experience, a new The Other Side of Midnight podcast is being added to all show pages, which will allow you to instantly search the show archives of Radio with Pictures, thus easily accessing the corresponding show. Plus you can just as quickly access the entire podcast list when you're on the go. I want to personally thank all our Club 19.5 members because without your continuing support, this show would literally not be on the air. Please continue supporting the broadcast that provides you with the most interesting conversation available. Talk radio at the cutting edge of science and thought. And if you like what you hear on the other side of midnight, tell your friends... And continue growing the show by having them subscribe to Club 19.5 as well, because we need all of you. And when I say we need you, you're the reason we're doing all this. Oakland, over and out.
7: This is Dr. Judy Mikevitz, and I've really enjoyed being on the other side of the news radio show tonight with Cynthia, with Tim, and Anenta as well. It was really a great experience for me, and I think things like the other side of the news because we don't hear these things. I saw this horrific commercial on TV, and I know them to have perpetrated fraud in vaccine court. So it's so important for radio shows like this to have discussion. And I really think these types of radio shows reach a very large audience and people are listening. think has changed everything. I just really think it's important for people to be able to hear in depth and hear the kinds of discussion worldwide. So that we can compare experience and really wake up and heal everyone.
3: Side of the news. This is Anetta, and I'm co-hosting this evening with Cynthia, and our guest tonight is Dr. Beverly Rubik. And uh, wow, I have a lot of questions for you, Beverly. Okay. I I love this topic. Uh, I remember having lunch with you. I think about a year ago, and we talked about um, a, a lot of the stuff of the uh, radiation and how it was similar to COVID. And now you've done quite a bit of research and study in that area. So I, I wanted to, to bring it to that place. Uh, I had talked earlier in, at the beginning of the show about the amount of blood clotting, um, the, the, you know, the damage to organs and tissues, and particularly the heart and cardiovascular risk. Uh, also, how this is very, very similar uh, to pneumonia, and I believe it's a relabeling, but uh, I wanted to get your feeling on how this, the frequencies we've been discussing are disrupting the, the body's health in those areas.
4: Sure. You know, back in 2014, I did a study on 4G on smartphones. This was sponsored by the Weston A. Price Foundation, um, a group out of Washington, D.C. And I took 10 adults from 21 to 75 years old. They came in fasted. I took a sample of blood from their fingertip and looked at it under a dark field microscope. And all of them looked pretty good. Uh, they were healthy people. They were eating a good diet. And then I exposed them to a smartphone for 45 minutes. They wore a smartphone in a backpack that was turned on but not in use. I call that the carrying condition. And after 45 minutes, I took another blood sample not not only from the finger, but in some cases from the toes, because uh, people say, well, you know, the fingers are closer. And sure enough, the blood was disrupted in 9 out of 10 of these uh, people, and especially for the people 50 years old and up. The cells were stuck together, and sometimes in snaky chains we call rouleaux, which is the French word for rolls, and also aggregates. Uh, they were sticky, uh, no longer free-floating and that's blood that can't circulate very well. That's on, right on the verge of clotting. And um, another 45 minutes of exposure was done with them talking on the phone for a few minutes, holding the phone in the hand and, and going online with it, etc. And then I looked at the blood again, and it had further deteriorated. It was The cells were misshapen and often spiky and balled up. And again, that blood can't travel very well, in microcirculation in the smallest blood capillaries would be impaired when blood looks like that. So I saw evidence of blood practically clotting before my eyes and also making shape changes in the cells to make it so that it could not travel very well in the microcirculation all over the body. And toe blood showed pretty much the same thing as blood from the fingertips. So it appeared to be systemic. And I wrote it up, I published it. And uh, so I was well aware of blood effects from 4G. And as I read more about COVID, as we learned about it, as it was unfolding in 2020, I saw that it really wasn't a conventional pneumonia. It was more of a blood disease. People were getting clots, even young people we're getting what's called disseminated intravascular clotting or coagulation. Hypercoagulation was going on, and blood can't flow. And, you know, giving them oxygen on a ventilator wasn't working very well. Many of those people died because it wasn't about uh, getting air into the lungs. It was about trying to get oxygen traveling through the blood to get to those tissues like the brain and other organs that totally need it. And um, the blood was coagulating, so it was unable to deliver the oxygen. That's the problem. So we can regard COVID not as a conventional pneumonia, I think, but more as um, a blood disease. That The changes in the blood were uh, rather dramatic, and there was no other virus that anybody could point to that ever did that. So that was very intriguing. And then I thought back to my 2014 study, and said, oh, my goodness, maybe there's a relationship here. And that got me interested in exploring if there was a possible relationship between exposure to, well, 4G and 5G and um, this new so-called pandemic that had hit us.
3: Hmm. Well, I, I want to go right to the whole, the whole idea of the Wuhan. My understanding, and correct me if I'm wrong, but they had turned on the grid in Wuhan, and then we saw the first cases, and was there, do you see a correlation between any of the places they turned on the 5G and we started seeing this, or is that just a figment of imagination?
4: No, that's right on. I mean, it's certainly true that Wuhan was one of the model cities in China that had citywide wireless 5G as of October thirty first, 2019. And it was a little bit later, maybe just weeks, when we heard about the first cases that were actually kind of brushed aside by the government. There was that famous Chinese doctor who spoke out and later died, very sad, Um, So there was that, but then uh, there was a study done by a Spanish researcher who then followed the development of COVID around the world and said that where wireless 5G had been at least partially implemented, those were the places where COVID-19 spread initially. Those places were South Korea, Northern Italy, New York City, Seattle, parts of Silicon Valley and Southern California. And there might have been others, but those are the ones that came to mind. And he actually made a statistical analysis of uh, and even regions of the city where 5G was turned on, but there was no 5G over here. The places where the 5G had been turned on had more COVID and more deaths, more cases and more deaths than areas of the same city where there wasn't yet 5G. Because in the West, you know, 5G was still being rolled out, whereas China had already put it forth in Wuhan and possibly other cities. So it seemed to me from that study and the coincidence or synchronicity in Wuhan that there might be a relationship.
3: Yeah, it definitely seems that way. (laughs) I mean, I, that's what I thought at the beginning and I was, you know, basically, well, you know, I've, I've been, I'm, I'm told I'm a conspiracy theorist every day in my life, so that's the, nothing unusual. Um, so, but I, you know, I, I looked at that and thought, wow, that sure makes sense to me. And I was actually tracking this stuff too with the, the Fauci and the money and where the 5G was and all this stuff was lining up. In fact, there was a great... Um, Video. I don't know if it's still around. We captured it. Maybe we should republish that one, Cynthia, uh, on the the page. But there were two of them out by the Truth Factory, which actually aligned all of these things early on. This was probably in April or something. When, and maybe I think that came out in April. But anyway, yeah, it it made that corollary too. So I'm I'm glad to hear it from you. Not that I'm glad to hear it, but I'm glad to hear from a scientific place that this is making sense. And you bring up that study. That's very interesting.
4: So, Well, let me add another thing. You know, even on the, the CDC, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention website, they say for any disease, there are at least three factors. There's an mm-hmm. agent, in this case, probably the virus. There's the health of the host. How healthy are the people? Number three is the role of the environment. Okay, that's right on the CDC website. That's taught in standard courses in epidemiology. So where was the attention to the environment in this pandemic? Everybody talks virus, 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 a little bit on health of the host, like comorbidity in the elderly. But nobody, it seemed to me, was talking about the environment.
3: Right. No one was. And and that, that's absolutely true. And, and in fact, it's not, it's the environment and the environment of the body. Like how toxic is the body? Uh, you know, I mean, we can go to the vaccine issue because there's a lot of toxins by anyone's uh, standards. If you look at the ingredient list and then they're adding this on top of all this other soup. So let's say you have 5G radiation, you may be not the healthiest person in the world you add this little toxicity and boom there goes the cytokine storm because your body can't can't deal with it am i right about that i mean is that how that's working
4: well i'm not so sure i understand all the vaccines and how they work Um, you know it's so experimental and so novel but Mm -hmm. we do know and as you said earlier in previous mRNA vaccines that were tested in animals, for example, for HIV, they never came out with a vaccine. That's been since the late 1980s. We don't have a vaccine for HIV. Why? Mm -hmm. Because the animal studies, 100% of the animals died. That's why. Mm -hmm. They never went on to human trials with those mRNA vaccines. And HIV is also a retrovirus. In other words, it's an RNA virus, just like COVID, uh, SARS-CoV-2, which is the virus underlying COVID-19. So this is the first time we've ever made a so-called injection, uh, well, I'm going to call it an injection, uh, for <laughs> a retrovirus, uh, but- because we never succeeded in doing it previously. Look, the common cold, most of them are rna viruses is there a vaccine for the common cold no is there a vaccine for hiv no well this is the first one and they came up with it lickety split here you go no animal testing anywhere very sad
3: no they they
4: done that they would probably see a lot of deaths of animals and then they would back off from putting any of this in humans
3: well, yeah, that's absolutely true. I mean, that's what I've been saying to people. It's like, look, you know, if you look at the mRNA studies, none of them have been able to get past that study because they all die 100% death when they get exposed to the vaccine. and I mean, the the uh, virus in the wild, whatever it is they're working with. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, but To me, to... I look at that and I think that's just way too high a risk. And now we're seeing it in the numbers. And and I've said this, I I think, you know, what we're going to see is much worse coming down the pike, much worse and the autoimmune disease and all the things with it. And I think that's all exacerbated by the 5G or any of the radiation. Um, I know from personal experience when I was doing, I was in electromechanical uh, engineering. I was doing research and development and I got really sick. And I know now, in hindsight, it was because of all the radiation I got exposed to. I, and that's when all my uh, autoimmune stuff started up. So I see the yeah. corollary.
4: That's mm-hmm. right. And the, the more you stress your immune system, and, and radiofrequency radiation, whether it's 3G, 4G, or 5G, uh, can thwart the immune system. So that was another thing that came to me because I knew the literature. It disrupts the immune system. It can either suppress it. In some studies, it depends on the frequencies, or it can make this immune hyperactivation, as as you were calling it, the cytokine storm. That's one manifestation of immune hyperactivation. But another uh, another example of immune hyperactivation is um, um, autoimmunity, and there's probably over 50 autoimmune diseases now. There's there's uh, an epidemic of them. Uh, just about every organ, you can start making antibodies to it and attacking it, and that wasn't there 20, 30 years ago. We only had a, a handful of autoimmune diseases, and now we've got a proliferation of them.
3: And Actually, it's, it's in it's in the hundreds now. I mean, it's, yes. it's 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 just off the charts, and it's it's growing exponentially every year. It's it's an exponential growth factor. And what do we have growing also at the same time? The radiation. The use of cell phones, all of the wireless technology. I mean, I don't know. I don't really need to be in constant contact with my refrigerator. I, I, I'm baffled as to why that's why people think that's a good thing. Huh. Yeah. But anyway,
4: <laughs> Well, that's what 5G is going to do for you. You're going to be in touch with all your stuff,
3: <laughs> like it or not,
4: because that's what it's going to allow you to do. And you can remotely control them all from your cell phone, I think. And pretty soon, maybe just from a chip in your head, uh, <laughs> that's where they're headed. But yeah. So that was another uh, intersection between uh, wireless exposure and COVID. I said they both disrupt the immune system. Uh, and activate it in weird ways. And so exposure to radio frequency radiation then can exacerbate the epidemic, the pandemic, uh, both the severity of the disease as well as uh, the prevalence of, of the disease, the numbers of cases. And another one is oxidative stress. I was gonna just, just uh, going to ask you that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we deplete our oxidate, our antioxidant reserves. There's this master antioxidant called glutathione. And you can't just go and buy it and take it uh, from a health food store. Unfortunately, uh, it doesn't go in the system that way. You need it intravenously or you might get liposome uh, glutathione. I looked at the COVID literature and, and everybody with COVID was totally depleted in glutathione and and free radical damage everywhere because that's the master antioxidant and without that you can't deal with oxidative stress. So both radiofrequency radiation and COVID knock you, knock you out with oxidative stress. So of course one is going to exacerbate the other and uh, they even found cases where they gave intravenous glutathione to COVID patients and they didn't die. So that's how critical this oxidative stress is. That's leading to organ damage and death of the organ or lack of function of the organ, even hearts. Uh, So COVID can hit much more than the lungs. It can hit any organ um, with receptors for it. And so that's another thing. It, It can be quite, it has different manifestations in different people.
3: So in that, I mean, I've, I've talked, I've, I've talked a little bit about the the whole thing with the cardiovascular stuff, the blood clotting, and because there's been quite a quite a bit that's come out this week, studies around that, and unfortunately, quite a few. Uh, I, I did not report on the the uh, CDC numbers this week, which I have been for the last few weeks, but uh, you know, I know they didn't decrease. Uh, but the 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 role of calcium being a um it's you know the uh heart has it's it's an electromagnetic field which is affected of course by the radiation but also the calcium can we can we talk a little bit about that sure, on the Cell yeah. membranes.
4: well you know radio frequencies the the wireless radiation unfortunately opens these gates on the cell membranes they're called voltage gated calcium channels and calcium then goes from the outside, say from the blood serum, into cells at a much higher level than it should ever be. That's a problem because calcium is practically like a hormone. It's called a second messenger. It does so much, um, it, it uh, does so many f- different functions in our cells. And when you bring in too much calcium, you actually help viruses get in cells. They need calcium to go in, and they need calcium to. To, to proliferate, and they need calcium to exit. So I see it as a direct uh, accessibility then for the virus to enter, replicate, and release and go on to other cells. And also excess calcium will produce um, more of this pro-inflammatory process that can mm-hmm. lead to that cytokine storm, which is, um, will put you close to death if you don't
3: control it. Well, yeah, and that's when they're having these cases of anaphylactic shock, we're, you know, we're seeing an instant, huge yeah. inflammation. That's a cytokine storm right on the spot. Or you may have it a few days later. And like that unfortunate woman in Utah, all all of her organs failed at the same time and went from a healthy person to a all failing organs. So that's that's cytokine stuff happening there. It's just going nuts. So you know when you're when you're talking about all this and the, and the calcium when it is a necessary component for the electrical um do well, I want to say the it's it's conductive um so when you're talking about upregulation of um nervous system uh activity so that also besides being damaging to the heart tissue as far as i understand also you're looking at palpitations arrhythmia things like that which could certainly set a heart into heart attack mode yes uh, and i know that you, radiation uh, is is part of that right so
4: yes indeed i have had a number of clients who've come they're often over 50 Uh, And they love wireless gadgets. Uh, They have the latest Tesla electric car with Wi-Fi and big batteries, so there's a lot of EMF stressors on them. They carry their cell phone in a pocket, turned on. They may have Bluetooth hearing aids, which connect to their cell phone, and they can even hear it ring in their ears. I'm telling you, I I have seen uh, a lot of elderly people who are suffering from heart arrhythmias to the point where they're on big drugs or going in for uh, heart ablation surgeries to deal with their heart arrhythmias. Instead of thinking about the cause, because doctors largely don't know that these digital frequencies bouncing around, as they do, can be causing these palpitations and arrhythmias. I myself had a case of this. For example, you buy a desktop computer, it often comes with a wireless keyboard and a wireless mouse now, why would you need that in a workstation? You're not running around the house. uh you're sitting at the workstation. There's no need for a wireless mouse and a wireless keyboard. you can uh, I found I was getting hard palpitations after sitting there for too many hours and when I switched to wireless mouse a uh, wired mouse and wired keyboard, presto, my palpitations were gone, so that I saw for myself how uh too many wireless things in your immediate environment which you can easily control can contribute to adverse health symptoms
3: hmm. for sure <laughs> yeah i i uh definitely i'm sensitive to it uh I'm, I'm i'm uh well i'd say consciously sensitive to it it's i'm one of those people that's touchy about it and I think all of these things that we have going on, it's not just the wireless, uh, it's, it's not just the wireless devices we have everywhere, but it's also all the LEDs, all these different things. The smart meters, you know, a lot of people aren't even aware of, of those being on their homes, et cetera. So we're getting bombarded from everything. But then there's the whole, the whole idea of the uh, satellites I and mean, what do we do? Is there anything that we can do? Is there any protection there from what we're getting bombarded with?
4: Well, I hope we could stop that. There's Stop5G.org websites. There's a lot of activists out there, not just in this country, but worldwide, trying to stop the proliferation of these satellites, trying to stop the infrastructure of 5G wireless uh, in our neighborhoods because I'm more concerned about the antennas uh, right up next to our bedrooms and and our schools, but uh, people can say no to 5G. What if we don't buy the 5G appliances? What if we stick with the old stuff as long as we can? Why should we support it? And we can control what's in our immediate environment. I, I still have a wired Internet, both In my home and in my laboratory, I do not choose to have wireless. The only wireless thing I have is a cell phone, which is mostly on airplane mode. And that's a safe place to park your cell phone on airplane mode because basically it's a brick. It's not emitting anything. Of course, you're not going to hear it ring or ding, but uh, that's how you should be carrying your cell phone on the body or, uh, you know, at night. Turn it off. Uh, well, turn it on airplane mode. That's better than off because off is not really off,
3: <laughs> unfortunately. Mm. Mm, yes, yeah, it's still it's still locating right. So, hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, we're looking at all these different devices, and I think people just have gotten so used to it. I mean, I have. I I drive. You know, I drive, and I'm in the Bay Area. There's, even even with the supposed lockdown, there's a lot of traffic, right? So I drive with the GPS and. Not because I don't know where I'm going, but because I'm used to that traffic thing. And that's, I guess, it's it's like a driving around in a Faraday cage, except you're inside of it. Not so good, huh? Bouncing around. Well, if you around. have
4: your cell phone on inside your car, which is like a Faraday cage, yes, then it's bouncing off the car and kind of hitting you twice, maybe three times. Um, it's not a good good idea to have a cell phone on inside a car, a metal box because of this problem you're actually getting more radiation
3: Mm. well we're coming up to a break and i know that canthea has questions uh coming up and so i'm i have a bunch more but we're going to have to go off into break here so is there anything you'd like to say that uh, uh, to finish up that idea about stray radiation well uh
4: i would say don't make a habit of the cell phone in the car sometimes we need the gps
5: but we don't need it all my the time. approach to it has been of course from this academic scientific side to try to show that from that point of view that even in the in the depth of the of the data that they're presenting they don't have a case they've misrepresented things they've distorted things in the public representations and Of course, I'm not alone in having come to that conclusion. Number one, there are an increased number of deaths for 2020. But number two, these are not caused by COVID-19. They're caused by the biological and psychological effects of the lockdowns themselves because when Mm -hmm. you lock people down, when you wreck an economy, you get an increase in heart disease and cancers. You get an increase in what is called deaths of despair. Uh, You get suicides, you get drug addiction going up and overdoses killing people. And all of these things put together by my estimate in my research paper shows that as many as 600,000 people died in 2020 from just these things, deaths by despair and the effects of the lockdowns and the forced masking. This is Dr. James DeMaio and I'm speaking to you from the other side of the news. Your program, I must say, compliments you. You're doing a great job in assisting to get around these barriers of censorship and erasure that the mainstream media is doing. Uh, So it's very important and I congratulate you for the work you're doing. I'm an invited guest on the other side of the news and I found it to be a very enlightening and helpful and wonderful experience being interviewed by three intelligent people.
3: Good evening and welcome back to The Other Side of the News. This evening, we have a guest, Dr. Beverly Rubick, and our show tonight is Return to Eden, and my co-host is Kinthea, and I'm Anetta. and I'm going to continue on here. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit on this. We have a half hour left in the show, so where I would like to go right now is what we can do that's, uh, that helps us with this. So what can we do right now to stop the uh, pandemic? um with in in regards to the 5G and to make it you know it's a, it's an environmental fact we've already discussed that so what can we do to make that you know to mitigate that that's the word i'm looking for to mitigate well, that well
4: yes i was hoping that you know i sent a policy briefing to washington about uh, a shorter form of my paper uh, on this and um uh, said we should really have a moratorium on 5G infrastructure, on the wireless aspect of it. We should consider making most of it wired. You know, they can put in fiber optics to the home, but they're probably not going to. The way they've set it up is fiber optics may be strung uh, along the telephone poles in your neighborhood, and then they're going to have 5G wireless blasting from some antenna directly into your home, or even uh, from people's rooftops. Some people will take money from big telecom um, to uh, host the antenna. Believe it or not, they've now approved that, which is really hideous because it might be your neighbor, and that's going to be really close. So. Um, we've got to put uh, a stop to this wireless infrastructure of 5G and demand that we get wired all the way to the home. That would be fiber optics wire. And that would be totally safe. There would be no radiation. There's only light traveling on the fiber optics, and that's a safe thing. But um, unfortunately, Washington sees it as a big uh, competition with China and wants, um, uh, wants to win the race to own the wireless realm of uh, the world and space around the world. So that's what I think is going on. I mean, I see technocracy with this kind of technology as a critical component of this, uh, shall we say, globalist agenda to take over the world and to uh, hold it hostage. You know, if you can control the media, the money system with money that you make up on a computer ledger, and you can control the technology too, then you can control the world. So this is one of the kingpins of technocracy, of the globalist agenda. They want this 5G, and if they don't get it the way they want it, which would be wireless everywhere, then they can't control the globe and every little morsel of material and energy flowing on it, which is really their agenda. Uh, So we really need to put our foot down and put a stop to this. And I wish more people understood that it's not about downloading a movie in six seconds instead of three minutes as advertised. This is about something that's drastically going to change our lives in ways we don't want it. We really don't. We want wired 5G and we want to control it. We don't want them controlling our 5G. So... um, we also I totally need to, yeah, totally I mean, agree there. <laughs> I have a list of stuff we need to do. We we need members. We need a commission, maybe under a president. I uh, wish it were President Trump. A national commission with an advisory board composed of independent scientists and medical experts that will uh, that aren't associated with the big industry to advise our government in a fair and square way about wireless and not allow the industry to capture uh, the government to tell it what it wants, because that's what we've got now. We've got a government that's so captured by the industry, whether it's captured by big pharma or big telecom or big tech, it is entirely captured and subservient to these big industries. And so we've got to take back our government. We've got to put our foot down as, as humans and and oust the representatives that no longer represent us, but uh, are sucking money from big industry to do their bidding. That's what's happened. And we need to take our government back at all levels.
3: I couldn't agree more. Oh, boy. (laughs) I mean, yeah, anyone who's listened to this show knows I couldn't agree more. I mean, we're looking at it from all these different things, but the bottom line is it all goes back to the same people with the same agenda, and they're all interconnected, um, you know, the it, it's the the bankers uh, go are at the base of this thing as far as their control because the money, all of these things go back to the money, and we have a system that's completely and utterly unfair. Uh, you know, I mean, a lot of Americans still to this day don't understand. You know what what the Fed, what centralized banking actually does. It creates money out of thin air, as you were just saying. And then our taxes go to pay the interest to the feds, which just created the money. Out. they loaned us some money out of thin air, which just evaluates our dollar. So here we have this and then you the add on top of that all the technocracy as far as, you know, censorship. I mean, you know that you're telling the truth when you get censored. <laughs> I mean yes. that's, you know, yes. By the
4: way, if you if you go to Google and you look up five G and Covid nineteen or SARS-CoV-2. All you get is conspiracy theory. That's Mm -hmm. all you get. There's no intelligent discussion of possible environmental factors such as 5G in this pandemic. Why is that? Why can't we have an intelligent conversation about environmental factors in a pandemic? If we go back to 1918... Uh, People knew that there were environmental factors in the big pandemic of 1918. There was a world war. People were stressed and they were living in trenches. That'll give you a virus, you know, that'll allow it to
3: pass around. You know, and interestingly enough, they said, you know, one of the big factors is they had much higher rates for the people that wore masks. Hmm didn't, didn't yeah, remember that, masks, right?
4: The masks are a problem, I agree, and there's no good science that any healthy person should be wearing a mask. It's, uh, it's uh, a ritual to, I would say, to silence you, to, to make you feel dirty, to make you feel like you're uh, a possible um, you know, biosecurity issue, and that's where they're headed with this. Now it's about looking at humanity as carriers of disease. Well, certainly, Infectious disease.
3: yeah, certainly when I go to, I mean, I, I, I don't wear a mask. I won't wear a mask. And I go out and I will say I'm getting in my car, which is, you know, just a few feet. And people literally like jump off the sidewalk and go and, and, and walk and go into the middle of the street because I'm like a biohazard to them. Yes, and I think, and you know, one so. year, one year ago, I wasn't. And the other thing is, I you noticed know, so what's a mask. Uh, absolutely, it's a psychological thing. People won't look at you. They won't interact. Even if you have a mask on, if you don't have a mask on, they run away from you. And if you do have a mask on, they won't interact with you. So yeah. uh, it, it's, it's really, and, and then all the physical issues, and you, you add on to that. I mean, really what we're looking at uh, is all of these things adding up together. It is the, uh, it is the combined, it is exponential in its, in its effect. Uh, none of these, you know, things are standalone that we're dealing That's with. Right. None of them.
4: Yes. And who would have imagined that the whole world would be in this quandary uh, even a year later or most of the world uh, would go along with this. I mean, it's unheard of. It's, it's, When we saw China going on lockdown in a big city like Wuhan or Beijing, we were flabbergasted. But then we had no idea it was coming to us. And now it's been around for a year my God, I can't, I still can't believe that that people succumb to this and haven't done any critical thinking for themselves, uh, out of the box thinking about what's really going on.
3: Yes, and I I, I so so agree. I mean, yeah. I, I as you know from from oh, I, I can't I can't bring my focus in because I'm looking at so many different aspects all the time. About how this is all related, how it's all connected. We've had guests on that actually show the financial connection to all of this. And people say to me, like, "Well, you know, the media can't all be lying at the same time with the same thing." It's like you've got to be kidding. They're own. They're all owned by the same people. Yeah. And and you know, actually, we we need to do a show on that about Mockingbird Media because they all are on the same. They're reading from the same page of music. Yeah. So. Yeah, we've got that, and then we have this. This at the same time, the censorship I- issue is, is enormous. And I've said this before to our listeners: don't use Google. You won't get you won't get a real search. Do not use Google yeah. for your search. Use like DuckDuckGo or something like that. But definitely not you know not Safari, not Google, and none of the none of the big guys. It's it's like going to um, Twitter and hoping you're going to see other some other kind of viewpoint. You won't. Yeah. So. Uh, if you really want to do research you know you've got to first of all first thing you got to do is, is get to a place where you you can find something and the other thing is is there's there's all kinds of places for scientific study um like there's um pubmed is it is it med pub or pubmed i can't, I PubMed. can't remember mm-hmm. pubmed pub, yeah.
4: Pubmed.gov. yeah
3: yeah pubmed.gov you can go there and start to look and you know um uh, like uh, Andrew Kaufman said, you know, we have to we have to really look at the method of the study, because not only can statistics be skewed, but just hiding the methodology behind how we came to these conclusions. So you really, you know, you really need to be careful when you're looking at all this, and you know. But I would say to our audience, if if it's being censored. You're, th- that person is right over the target. The, h- the harder and, and more immediate the, the censorship, and you know this from your work, Beverly, that it's, it's going to be shot down because of the powers that currently are in control, um, they don't want to hear any of this. But we, the people, are much a much larger force. So yeah. we need to start standing up and demanding the things that you're suggesting. And on our own personal level, to get everything we can into a into a wired format if you're going to have these devices. I mean, I, like, I, I make jokes about it. But seriously, I was looking for a, a sous vide device. I, I wanted to do that. And I was having a really hard time because all of the ones that were pretty well made were wireless. I do not want a wireless sous vide. I don't need a wireless sous vide you know, device for yeah. my kitchen. And I'm well, like, you know- this is...
4: Those are the biggest things that you can do to protect yourself is know your own exposure, measure it if possible, and reduce it. And, um, you know, get mostly wired devices. And even land landline, uh, landlines that have wireless phones are actually greater emitters than cell phones. People oh, those don't are, even know that. Oh, those but, are really uh, bad, yeah. Yes, the decked phones, as they're called. Those should be banned. And mm-hmm. uh, those you need to get rid of them. And you need to be uh, not wearing Bluetooth devices. It's certainly not all the time. A hearing aid that's Bluetooth is a very bad idea, and yet that's what they're giving elderly people. Yeah.
3: I is, know. Uh, yes. I, I tried to tell my I, I have a I have a stepfather a new stepfather, and uh, he's wearing those exact hearing aids. So you're talking about that, and I'm like, wow, you know, okay. Here's Alvin, and Alvin has heart issues, and Alvin had has had a couple heart surgeries. My my mom married him. Uh, less than one year ago and he's already had blood clotting they've had put him on thinners they've uh, they've put a watchman device because he keeps having these blood clots and he's wearing these bluetooth hearing aids and he's like oh these are just great because I can hear the music in my ears I'm like thinking and you're having you know you're on such blood thinners that he ended up hospitalized because he had a slight fall and he nearly hemorrhaged from it literally i mean he had a hematoma yeah. that went from his ankle up to his rib cage
4: it's very and- hard to control the blood thinner doses uh unfortunately and you can get too much or too little and either way you bleed or you have an aneurysm or or you have a thrombosis or a heart attack
3: so right and i'm like thinking wouldn't it just be easier to you know dump the bluetooth hearing aids i, I don't know <laughs>
4: It would be, yeah, but it wouldn't be convenient. The problem is we're conveniencing ourselves to death, and we've got to take a look at uh, how we're, you know, getting used to these conveniences that are so unhealthy. I mean, we did that also with uh, fast food, and we know that's unhealthy. It has all kinds of preservatives and ingredients that never should be in food, and then we zap it with uh, microwaves and, uh, you know, kill the vital force in anything edible uh, that 's left, so it 's a dead food, so you know we, we can 't continue to convenience ourselves to death. We have to take stock of our lives and start living in a natural way because we are so removed from nature, and that 's uh unhealthy fundamentally
3: do Let me let me get into that topic just a little because that's one that I've talked about with people and there's very little understanding of that about the way that microwave changes the actual food and it does not like when the microwave stops the food doesn't go back to being normal and in fact the body doesn't know what to do it becomes kind of like this um, unrecognizable as food.
4: Yes, well, I mean, it's superheating the water and breaking the bonds and and the uh, biomolecules of your food in ways that no natural cooking process ever did that. And so you're eating, uh, I would say, fragmented uh, food molecules that your body doesn't even recognize that probably cause, accumulate waste in your intestine and the whole microbiome would be thrown off and digestion would be compromised and there goes your health. So... Uh, I I remember I did microwaving back about 30 years ago when I was uh, lazy and too busy, and I got sick a lot, and I was young, and so that was a problem, and I'll never do that again. I don't own a microwave in my kitchen. And I think we have to think back to our ancestors, low flame, turn down the heat when you cook a chicken, better to cook it at 325 degrees than 350 or 375. That's how people used to cook. And then we were too lazy, we didn't want to wait, so we cranked up the temperature and everything. And then the microwave, which is really quick cooking, but it's all wrong. And we're just ruining our health with uh, overheating the food in such a way, and the structure of
3: water in our food as well. Well, there's there's so many examples of this too. Like uh, every, I think no, maybe I shouldn't say everybody's seen this uh, little thing that even they do it in elementary schools. But they they take little seedlings, little plants that they grow, and they water one with microwave water and one with water that hasn't been microwaved. And in fact, you can do it with filtered and unfiltered water, and you can do variations on it. But the one that's really the most striking is the microwaved water. Those plants do not thrive. In fact, they die.
4: Yes. Yes. And the seed sprouting is very much delayed in microwaved water. That's right.
3: Mm -hmm. And then once they sprout, they really, they can't sustain. They're they're stunted, and then they just end up shriveling up and dying, which should be a clue.
4: That's similar to a plant near a Wi-Fi router. I had a friend who happened to have a plant near her Wi-Fi router. It got all crippled and contorted and and sickly looking. So, uh, you know, unfortunately with wireless, we can't smell it, we can't taste it, we can't sense it like tobacco smoke we could and we could stay away from smokers, but this is ubiquitous. It's everywhere and and we have to start taking care of ourselves and minimizing our exposure because dosages are cumulative and causing damage cumulatively.
3: Well, there's one uh, other thing I wanted to go over with our, you know, let our listeners know, we've talked about using wired technology and, you know, trying to get rid of as much of that as you know the wireless stuff as we can but what about the idea of grounding you know to the earth and or using earthing technologies and how does that work and
4: that's that's a good thing to do and it's been actually there's a study that shows it's helpful for people who are having symptoms from electrosensitivity that earthing which means go barefoot on the earth or on the beach or there are actually uh special grounding uh... ankle bracelets and sheets for the bed there are products like grounding shoes that have like metal studs in them that touch your foot and also touch the ground so that we're not so insulated from the earth because that's how natural humanity uh... walked the earth and we were a lot healthier when we were earthed or grounded
3: uh... Mm-hmm. so uh... there's that and then I want to go back a little bit to the glutathione and the oxidation real quickly about the things that people can do as far as what they can do to make themselves healthier, to not be um, as susceptible to all of this, to make their personal environments better, literally.
4: I think glutathione, liposomal, you can buy that as an oral supplement. Liposomal means it's in little... Uh, like bubbles of fat that uh, then don't get destroyed in your stomach but try to just kind of go into the cells directly. That's a good thing to take. But in general, eating more vegetables. And uh, I eat five to eight a day. I try to anyway because that's how many different vegetables we need. And it's far better to get all these antioxidants from your food and your body will make glutathione, especially if your liver is in good shape. So... Uh, For protecting your immune system, it's important to take vitamin D, well, vitamin A, vitamin C, D, and then some zinc, like 30 milligrams of zinc picolinate uh, a day, 5,000 units of vitamin D, uh, 2,000 units of vitamin A, and at least uh, a half a gram to two or three grams of vitamin C. If you do that daily, you're probably not going to ever get COVID or even a cold.
3: Right, right. Well, I know, I know Cynthia's waiting to come in here and we only have, boy, we're down to six minutes. So, Cynthia, why
2: don't you come on in? (laughs) Well, those were great questions. I didn't want to break the flow. Um, This show is packed with information. Thank you, Beverly. I really appreciate it. I just want to make sure that we've covered the salient points that you really wanted to get across in the, I know it's not a lot of time left, but. Yes. If there's well, anything you. you think that we should have covered that we haven't yet, I'd like to make an opening for that.
4: You know, I think we did a really good job covering everything I wanted to do. Um, I I only hope that um, people take matters into their own hands. We really need people to get more active in their local governments and, and I would say also our federal government. We need an immediate moratorium on the installation of wireless 5G on the infrastructure it's going up right now, uh, and they're turning it on in some communities, but it isn't too late to put a stop to this. I think it's insanity. We don't have 5G studies. 5G, we didn't call, talk about it. It's a mixture of microwaves and also millimeter waves. That combination has never been studied If I even go back to the old Russian literature, they never brought microwaves together with millimeter waves. And then they didn't have the digital pulsation back then as they have today. So we need to study real-world signals on people, on plants and animals before we roll this thing out. It is unbelievable that we would roll it out for the entire world without studies.
2: No, that's that like is, the vaccine. <laughs> yes,
4: it's, it's similar. But people right. don't even know about this. They may be hearing about the vaccine and its limited studies. But here's something that has no studies. And yet, I think it's exacerbating the whole our whole health, uh, the COVID and beyond. And we can expect other, other viruses, too, that uh, will get in and cause trouble. And don't think they're going to stop their agenda with just uh, SARS-CoV-2. And they also talk about variants out there. And what else are they whipping up in, in the bio warfare labs?
2: Mm-hmm. I know in Hawaii that there are groups that are actively um, organizing to stop 5G. Are you aware of groups or websites that I could post on the page for people to
4: yes, go to um, for
2: their local areas? or?
4: Uh, i'm not so sure how local they are i i mean i got more involved in what are the international and national ones and at the back of my policy briefing i have a list of about 15 of these uh, just to read a few uh physicians for safe technology 5g appeal and people can look up websites um 5g space appeal uh, environmental health trust these are all groups uh, concerned, especially about electromagnetic radiation. Radiationresearch.org, International EMF Alliance, um, International Guidelines on Non-Ionizing Radiation. So really, there's a ton of them. Uh, and if you just were to look up 5G and appeal, you know, you're going to be able to sign an initiative. But that's not enough, you know. Lots of people have signed these things, and then they think somebody else is going to take care of it. Right. We all need to get proactive here. We really do.
2: I want to mention to our audience that both of your papers are posted on the page so that they yes. can have access to it. There's the paper, which is highly technical, and and then there's the um, policy paper, which is e- a little easier to grasp.
4: And anybody's welcome to use either of those papers to help them achieve their aims in their own communities. I encourage you to do that.
2: Well, I have also heard that there are some attorneys that are having success. I remember when we were talking to someone from Hawaii, they were talking about some attorneys that have been having success in uh, suing locally. Have you heard anything along those
4: lines? I know um, a number of cities uh, that are suing the federal government because uh, they took away their jurisdiction over the health of their people, like Mill Valley, California, and San Jose, which is really in Silicon Valley, Uh, Yeah, I don't know about the success of these lawsuits. The problem is when you sue the government, you don't win any money. So, uh, you know, it's not like the lawyer can take a cut in the end. There's no money ever uh, allowed. Uh But uh, so the lawyers need to be paid or they do it pro bono. And that's a problem. Where's the money going to come from for these lawsuits? I know that uh, more people would like to initiate lawsuits, but uh, it's expensive because the lawyers want money. And it's tedious. It's a lot of work for them. So there's that problem.
2: So you're mentioning that the lawyers, there's no money that can be gotten from the government. But is there action? I mean, like if they win the lawsuit, can they stop them?
4: I suppose, but I I don't know the state is There's there's so many of these lawsuits and, you know, they can drag on or they'll be maybe not a good outcome then they just go to a higher court and meanwhile we have 5g infrastructure being rolled out that's the problem once it's all rolled out do you think they're going to undo it (laughs) i don't think so i mean Mm -hmm. that would be a lot harder if we can prevent it from being fully implemented then we can save ourselves and if not uh, I think we're going to we're going to see a, a very drastically altered life expectancy, a lot more autoimmunity and and ill health. Right now, the by the way, the millennial generation is probably the sickest in the history of the United States, and that there were large studies and millions of of them, and um,
2: that's a sad fact. Thank you all. Thank you, Dr. Beverly, for this amazing interview.